You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Winningham. Now that you've found us, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. That way you'll get all of our old episodes as well as all of our new episodes as soon as they post. Also, check out the other 14 podcasts in our network. Just type in Five Reasons Sports to that podcast provider. They will all come up. Obviously, we're spotlighting three yards per carry. They did five episodes leading up to the draft. Um, They had a bunch of people potentially going at number 13. We're going to talk about who the Dolphins did take last night as we record this. Also, check out our website, fivereasonssports.com. That's spelled out, F-I-V-E, reasonssports.com. We're posting lots of news, opinions, video we have merchandise on there actually our best sellers on there are wrestling t-shirts our smart your territory t-shirts so be sure to check those out and everything else that's going on with the network all right we're going to get right to it this morning chris and i were in different places last night i was in Davie, uh where the dolphins at dolphins headquarters where they were hosting uh you know sort of their little draft get together and and you know an opportunity to hear from chris greer and then from the eventual draft pick christian wilkins on a, on a teleconference um chris was uh, at the stadium different experience there and we're going to talk about kind of how we experienced it in those two places but i i want to start here um it's it's rare, Chris, where I think Dolphin fans come out of a draft feeling pretty good. And considering all the options that we talked about, whether it was taking a quarterback or trading down, trading out or the first round entirely, which is something I thought might happen. Uh, you know, I did poll it last night right after the draft pick and kind of the quick take from about 1700 voters was 81 percent in favor of the draft pick of Christian Wilkins, um, the defensive tackle from Clemson. I don't know if that's in part because he seems to be the most charismatic person they've drafted in about a quarter century. And I'm not exaggerating by that. I mean, it's not just the the side bump of, uh, you know, nearly killing Roger Goodell, which, uh, well, I'm not going to say it, but there's a lot of NFL players that, you know, wouldn't have mind um you know but but uh but but it's just I, I go back and i was thinking about this and this has been one of the problems with the dolphin organization for so many years it's not just that they've been mediocre it's that they've been dull as hell they've drafted dull people they had the dullest quarterback in the league for seven years they and that followed having the dullest quarterback in the league for like three years and chad henny like they've had yep. you know and I love Jay Fiedler personally, but he he ain't, you know, like the prince of personality, right? Like, so, I mean, they haven't had charismatic people at the most important position or the face of the franchise position. Um, they 
they haven't drafted. I'm just, I was thinking back first and second round picks, like with any personality at all. And the only one I could even come up with uh, was Sam Madison in 1997. You know, Sam came in bragging a little bit, but Sam Madison wasn't this. Okay. I mean, like Christian Wilkins graduated in two and a half years. This is not just that he's charismatic. He's bright. He graduated in two and a half years at Clemson. He has a master's degree. Yesterday, he said to us at a teleconference, he said, I'm 23 with a master's degree. It sounds like a Drake line. Uh, he's, you know, and last night, and, and thanks for the retweet, Dwayne. Um, you know, I tweeted, out, I tweeted out. He basically, you know, in a very positive way, called out Dwayne Wade because he said, I know you guys, uh, you know, don't have a star down there after Dwayne left. Hopefully you'll love me someday like you love Dwayne. I mean, that's pretty bold. He also flashed his ice to us. He showed us his wrist. Uh, I mean, it was like, comedy hour for 20 minutes and all i can say is it's never going to be that good again because the dolphins (laughs) are going to beat all of that out of him uh, and have him spouting cliches like marino used to but uh jason jenkins their their lead pr guy did say yesterday he's like how are we going to change that so maybe they won't try maybe they need some personality but but i think chris that may play into why dolphin fans liked the pick because he's fun right i mean he's a defensive tackle which is not a fun position typically but he's fun, and I think that takes some of the sting. We have to see him play, obviously, but I think it takes – and plus, he played at a school that they know, right? Like, I mean, they've watched and, Clemson. And, and, it's, and it's part of a defensive line that was championship winning. Correct, and he's won two ti- two titles, right? Sure. So I, I think all of those things you know, play in where I think Dolphin fans, it's not – again, not just that they've been mediocre. It's that nobody's cared about them nationally in any way. And actually, outside of Arizona because of Kyler Murray, you know, what – this guy did for his entrance in Nashville was kind of the talk of the draft last night. And when's the last time the Dolphins have been in any way the talk of anything, uh, you know, that that's other than Bullygate, right? Well, so, and, and and taking Laramie Tunsil with you know in in that same spot, thirteenth overall after after the video drop. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I actually was just looking through the Dolphins first and second round picks from the last twenty years. The only other guy with similar personality, just you know, was a later round was a later pick and never really made that the the, the same impact was Jared Odrick. He was he was a right. really fun guy, um, but again, didn't really have the career to back that up. And and I don't think really Dolphins fans knew that about Jared Odrick. But you can tell from the 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 gif that goes around of him doing a split in, in at midfield after winning the national championship, uh, and just all the things that he said afterwards. I was like, and normally you know you're following tweets from a press conference, but I was reading all your tweets and I couldn't wait for the next one because it seemed like he was going to say something that was really profound or interesting or fun or funny. And you're right. I mean, I I, I do think that having someone like that I think means more to us as media members because we're sitting around uh, waiting for something to happen that's interesting. We were kind of hoping that the interesting thing would be that they would take a quarterback uh, and we can talk, you know, for for months about the potential of them uh, drafting a first-rounder, a quarterback, and seeing what they end up doing with Dwayne Haskins. But I I think... Uh, first off, the fact that you really felt as this draft goes on that with the picks that were coming in, Cleland Farrell at four uh, goes early. Daniel Jones at six goes early. You have a tight end come off the board at number eight. It really seemed like at some point the Dolphins at 13 were going to end up with a really good player. There were good players out there that a lot of people had mocked to the Dolphins. A lot of people were saying, you know, the Dolphins might even be lucky to get this player. And I think Christian Wilkins is, is absolutely that kind of player. You read, you know, Todd McShay's rankings beforehand. He was the seventh best player uh, according to McShay and I think 
the draft analysts do carry a lot of weight here because ultimately, other than the quarterbacks and even the quarterbacks, like I don't know if a lot of people in Miami were watching Ohio State all year or Missouri all year or hell, even knew when the Dolphins or when the Hurricanes played Duke and Daniel Jones that Daniel Jones was a first round prospect. I didn't know before or after and I didn't discover until the draft process that Daniel Jones was thought of in this way. So, I mean, even the quarterback sometimes can be a little bit of a mystery. So you are kind of relying on the intuition of the draft analyst. You are relying on the intuition of, well, holy crap, Clemson's defensive line was really good. They had, you know, three of the top 17 picks in this draft, just in that one unit. And and the fact that Christian Wilkins comes from that group, I think uh, allows you to have a sense of optimism about this. And obviously the personality stuff is great. It's great for social media that, you know, when, when he goes to meet the commissioner, he almost knocks him over. Uh, it's great that when he does an entrance, he does an entrance into the NFL draft. The fact that he's already kind of a memeable character, the fact that as you, I, I thought that Dwayne Wade thing was incredible that he said that and that Dwayne had a cool response to your tweet um and uh and and just on and on and on the Drake thing the having a master's degree you said he was uh, quoting to Tocqueville last night I mean it was, it was all over the place in terms of his personality and that's great I mean the Dolphins just don't have uh these kinds of things happen in their organization all the time so uh, I, I I left last night feeling great um the fact that also it's not really the and and again we're, we're going back to the tanking thing but uh it's not really the kind of impact position where you would say in year one, well, he's going to make he's going to make the difference between three wins and five wins. I think this is about building a solid foundation for when the quarterback arrives, because ultimately all of this is utterly meaningless without the quarterback. I think the year one rebuild is build it without the quarterback. That way you have something in place when you draft the quarterback next year. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, 1-800-264-4644. That's 1-800-264-4644, or visit shipyourcar.com now.com backslash five reasons also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone i wish look i wish they'd I, they'd had this when i was going to college this would have been great for me i needed to get my car down from baltimore to florida i ended up taking the auto train you don't want to take the auto train ship your car fly no job too big or too small ship your car now moves it all yeah, and 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 it was he also quoted George Washington Carver like that. Just I mean, all of us. Oh, it was Washington and, and, Carver. I said to Tocqueville, it, it was Washington. Well, Carver. it could have been. It probably was that too. I don't. <laughs> I mean, he just he he was just reaching into his bag and he didn't want to leave. Like that's the thing. Like he, you know, and and the which Dolphins, funny, which didn't is funny because we we on the radio broad, we on the radio broadcast were waiting for a den so we could have him on the air and we could leave. <laughs> oh no, I I can imagine you would, but the Dolphins. I, and and I think to their credit, and I think I, I do think it matters. I do think it matters for them. It's not just about the media. You know, I was looking around there you know we were in the auditorium last night right so that's where the media was watching the draft and you know that's where they brought chris greer into and i'm looking at the pictures on the wall because they basically you know they removed a bunch of photos there and you know over the years i've been in that auditorium so many times over the past 20 years and seen so many crazy press conferences and so many promises unfulfilled i mean 
whether it's Bill Parcells or Nick Saban, all the people who've been up on that stage. All those slogans and, they put up on the walls. Uh, all, all the slow, smart, tough, disciplined with, with Sperano and Parcells in Ireland. All of these, right? But I'm looking up at the wall and I'm looking up at the photos. And there are good players there. Like they're, I mean, they're, They had to reach a little bit to get to the 16 players they've got on the walls. Okay, But there's good players there. There's a Sabian Howard. There's a Laramie Tunsil. There's a Kenny Stills. I mean, there are quality players there. But there is nobody to be the face of the franchise. Now, typically, the quarterback has to be the face of the franchise, right? That's the way that it works. And the, the, the Dolphins don't have that yet. And Christian Wilkins can't be that, okay? But I can see people going out and buying his jersey. And if I were the Dolphins, I would not restrict this. They need this, okay? And particularly, look, the Dwayne thing is important, okay? This town is wide open right now. He's right. He's right. There's no one. In this town. I mean, Sasha Barkoff is the best athlete in this town and, could, as I've said, could walk across the street to Sawgrass Mills Mall, get lost at Banana Republic, and somebody would think he works there. Okay? No, there's no uh, – there is nobody there. The, the Heat have no one. Okay? I mean, I, I noticed Justice is on a couple of – like, not billboards, but he's on some buses now. I noticed this recently, but it's for Fox Sports Sun. But and and, and that, he said that he wants to be the face of the franchise. We have to play like the face of a franchise in order to right. be the face he, of a franchise. He he does, and I think the Heat are going to package the three of them together. I, I to me that that's what I've heard. Okay, in terms of talking the marketing, that they're going to you know provided they don't trade them, that they're going to package the kids, which is what we kind of wanted them to start doing. But obviously they had Dwayne. Uh, but again. Th- it's going to be difficult to do that because it's not a real big three. It's kind of a mini big, you know, it's, it's a mini and, three. Right? And also they're like the seventh, ninth and 11th highest paid players on the team. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you, right. Yeah. Well, or you could throw waiters white side and, and JJ on there on the buses. I, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to do except make the buses more expensive to ride. Um, but, but, or, but or get I them mean, egged. so right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the heat don't, right. The heat don't well, create a little more room for Dion. Um, the heat don't have anybody. The Marlins. I mean, let's not even start start right like the face of this town right now maybe Manny Diaz like he might mm. I, I mean that's uh, and and we we haven't seen him coach a game yet right as like, a we don't coach. even know if Miami's gonna be that improved right I mean he basically went to the transfer portal just to fill out the roster like I, I don't know if they're gonna be any good or not good but his story okay is like the story of South Florida because he's Miami because everything else and, and because we thought we lost him and he came back and it's positive and I saw Mark Rick came out and said this was the right move ultimately and and but but like there is nothing here okay like there is no way in hell okay that a defensive tackle could become the face of a market except right now like this is the only (laughs) town okay and the only time that that could be the case and if you think about it like the last premium defensive tackle they had and Dominican Sue really bright guy in his own right okay guy who meets with Warren Buffett right to talk about you know finance but had no use for the media right? Had no use for showing any personality if he had any at all. Okay. Not that he wasn't bright, not that he wasn't capable of speaking. He didn't want to, he didn't like the whole thing. Okay. So you have the polar opposite now. Now, again, he has to be able to play. Okay. And even if he does play well, like you said, we saw with Ndamukong Sue that you can have the best player in the league at that position. And Ndamukong Sue, I believe during his time with the Dolphins was a top five player at his position. That's what the metrics all showed. And it made no difference, right? Like the, the defensive line was not good against the run most of the time that he was here, which was what he was paid to do, even though he did his job extremely well, they didn't have the other pieces on defense or on the team as a whole to make it mean anything. So I, I don't, it's, it's going to be hard for Wilkins to be breakthrough in that capacity, but I do think that the Dolphins should encourage this. Okay. They should, it's okay. You're a rookie. 
let him talk a little bit. I'm fine with it, okay? Because there's nobody else on his team who has the pedigree to be able to say to him, no, you haven't done it yet, okay? You got to wait your turn, right? And, and I feel like it's a little bit similar. I keep going back to the Jimmy Johnson thing, right? Because to me, that's the only parallel in this franchise's history to what the Dolphins are trying to do now. Now, Jimmy wasn't trying to tank. Jimmy came here promising Super Bowls. But Jimmy was building the foundation the first two years. He didn't know at the time who was going to be his foundation piece. His first draft pick was Daryl Gardner, okay, who was immensely talented but had a lot of issues, and they knew that when they drafted him. His second first-round pick was Yatiel Green, who dropped to the ground right in front of me at his first training camp practice in 1997 and was never really heard from again. But Jason Taylor emerged from the third round, right? Mm-hmm. Zach Thomas emerged from the fifth round. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't think know. in the history of the NFL there are better foundation builders than Jimmy Johnson. No, he was uh, absolutely. Well, you go back to what he did in Dallas, exactly, and that's why yeah. we thought he was going to replicate it here. But, of course, in Dallas he benefited from the greatest fleecing of all time, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that is – I mean, other than in professional sports history, other than what is typically done to the Marlins, it is the greatest because right <laughs> now, right now, the Mar- with the Marlins, <laughs> right, right now, the Marlins are. I, I didn't think it was possible to make a worse trade than the Miguel Cabrera trade. They but tried, the Christian Yelich, the Christian Yelich trade is getting close. OK, our, our guy, Monte Harrison, had better be good. OK, because that, otherwise guy's that got is looking, so much expectations on him. Oh, it's going to be. A, and we like him, but it's going to yeah. be a disaster otherwise. But but other than what's been done to the Marlins, I cannot remember. I mean, I mean, that was the greatest fleecing of all time, what Jimmy did to build. I mean, look at how many draft picks he got for a running back, Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. uh, who was a good player in the NFL, but n- was not what he was projected to be at Georgia and what he got from Minnesota. Now, he didn't make that trade with the Dolphins, but he kept trading down, trading trout. And I've talked about this a lot. It wasn't just that he got, you know, Jason, you know, Sam Madison in the second round or Jason Taylor in the third or Patrick Sertan, who he traded a future first to go up and get in the second uh, or, or again, Zach in the fifth round. But he also got other good functional players. He got a, He got a tight end in Ed Perry, uh, who was their long snapper for 12 years, okay, and was a functional player for them. They got Sean Wooden in the sixth round, who was a starter. He missed on a ton of guys, but he had so many picks, it didn't matter. And if Jimmy, and I said this so many times, if Jimmy just takes Randy Moss, this entire Dolphins period looks different. If he just takes it, okay, which never made any sense because Randy Moss was the prototypical Jimmy Johnson player. He was Michael Irvin reincarnate, except more gifted. And he didn't take him. He didn't want to deal with it. And, you know, we all know what happened there. And he, he took, you know, I mean, I think he traded out of it so that he didn't have to make the pick. He, that's exactly right. He was scared. He, yeah. And he ended up taking John Avery, who showed up. And the first thing John Avery talked about was playing video games. And it was mm-hmm. all over. He took, he took a little scat back, okay, in the first round. So that's the only parallel to what the Dolphins are trying to do now. Again, the only difference is the Dolphins' time frame here is longer because Jimmy was coming in here to try to win big within the first three or four years to prove that what he did at Dallas was not a mirage. And, and, and already had Marino. He was better place. than Shula. Right, right. Well, he, he also proved, Chris, that he was better than Shula. I mean, this was sure. a personal thing, and Heisinga needed to validate the decision to dispatch Shula. And look, it's been now... 24 years since they dumped on Shula and they've had almost no success. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, you know, cautionary tale for those who want Riley out, you know, it's something I think about a lot, but so I do think that it's smart to get 
you know, what the Dolphins are trying to do now, I think, is accumulate as many picks as possible. But I think we should talk about this. They decided not to do that at 13. There's a report that they were very close to a deal with Philadelphia. Greer did not address it when he came down and talked to us last night, but that they were close to a deal with Philadelphia to trade down and that they backed out at the last second. Now, if you look, there was a trade, I believe it was Denver, right, that traded down, I think, 10 spots, and they yeah, ended up picking and, and, up. And Pittsburgh went up to go pick uh, Devin Bush from 20. Right, and I think Pittsburgh had to give up a future third plus a second, yeah, right, yeah, to yeah. go it was, up and it was, get their, it. it was their second on the second in 2019 and a third in 2020. And I said at the time, if the Dolphins can make that kind of trade, as much as I liked whoever, you know, the options they had at 13, mm-hmm. you make the trade. Because trading down 10, well, as you said, the way the draft was falling, they would have gotten a really good player at, twenty, say, 23, mm-hmm. okay, and still picked up those two other picks. So I still think trading down was a good option there, but I don't have an issue with this pick, especially, and I know it's crazy, but especially after I heard the kid talk, I, I just feel they need that in this organization. They drafted Minka Fitzpatrick last year, who I like a lot, okay? And I know our guys like a lot. CK likes a lot, although he thought they should have taken Derwin James, okay? I, I like Minka a lot, but Minka is a grinder. He's not a personality, mm-hmm. right? He's a Bama guy. He's a Bama And I think you can kind of see the differences between those two dynasties in college football outlined in those two players, right? They're both really good players. They both come from top college football programs, and yet you can see how the Clemson players are allowed to show a bit more of themselves, are allowed right. uh, the opportunity. And, and, I th- and that's why I always say, why would you ever send your kid to Nick Saban? Because you can win in other places and not have your kid berated. It seems like Dabo Sweeney's program is more fun. And, and I, yep. I, think you, I think you kind of see that perfectly encapsulated in this kid. I do. But I think the fact, and he was asked about Minka yesterday. He's like, oh, I forgot Minka was on this team. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, but but, I, but that he, he praised him. He said he was one of, thought he was one of the best players in college football the past few years, which he was. Um, mm-hmm. Minka was terrific at Alabama. But I think any defense – great defense, which is what the Dolphins are ultimately trying to build, which is what the, the, the hire of Flores is about in a lot of ways. Any great defense, I think, needs a mix of personalities, okay? And I'm going to go back again to the defense that Jimmy built, right? Sam Madison was a more outspoken, you know, in-your-face type personality. Pat Sertan was quiet. Like, uh, Pat, maybe maybe not now. We think of him differently, coach of American Heritage, moved on, uh, his son and everything else. But Pat was kind of the quiet one in the set. You know, Jason and Zach were polar opposite personalities. You know, Jason was flash and glamour, and Zach was Zach, <laughs> okay? he was. I, I, I don't think you can have one type. I think when you look at the great defenses, you go back to the Baltimore defenses that they've had over the years, the Tampa defenses. Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp, right? Like Warren Sapp, my least favorite person I've ever had to talk to in sports. But Warren Sapp is Warren Sapp, right? He is in your face. Derek Brooks, quiet leader. You know, Warren Sapp is more Christian Wilkins, okay? Uh, Derek Brooks, more Minka Fitzpatrick. I think having those combination of personalities where guys can lead in different ways. And also now they have, you know, uh, to what I think are going to be the two core players on the defense, depending on what they do with Xavier Howard. Now they have two guys from, as we've said, the two premier programs in college football over the past, you know, 10 to 12 years, right? I mean, particularly Alabama, but Clemson sort of the I, past I, was, I was on the radio with, with Channing Crowder last night, and he was going, well, I mean, Christian Wilkins doesn't even, uh, doesn't even have enough room for the rings on his fingers when you consider ACCs and national mm-hmm. championships. Like, think about his, his career at, the, at, at Clemson and the amount of winning that he's done 
of Minka Fitzpatrick, the amount of winning that they've done. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that ends up becoming a, a valuable or translatable skill, but I mean, having players that have won things in your locker room can't be a bad thing, particularly when, and, and Wilkins m- made a point to say this, you know, I'm the kind of guy that you bring in to change a culture. And right. uh, look, uh, these are, these are for me, totally abstract concepts. We don't know how much they actually work in practicum, but I mean, if if these things are important towards building championship teams and building what Brian Flores and his coaching staff want to build here, then having players that have won championships in their previous stops is not a bad place to begin. If they can play, right? If they can of play. Course, that, of that's course. the key thing. But but I think what they found here, and you mentioned this when we did the pod leading up, that with CK, that the Dolphins have kind of lucked into, you know, slipping players mm-hmm. that three times now with and and with Tunsil and with Fitzpatrick it, it I would looks even say like with Devontae Parker out. although it, that's not really mm. lucked into that's more like yeah. that that happened yeah. but but like right. I mean you on draft night it felt like Devontae Parker slipped to you it did right it's funny though I don't think he's one of the 16 photos in that room um which is inter- <laughs> which is which is interesting I I, I don't I don't think I don't want contract extension I, I will look tonight um I will look tonight but I don't I don't believe he's one of the I think Jakeem Grant is uh but mm. I don't and 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 um, Albert Wilson is, but I don't believe Devontae Parker is. But I, I think, look, if you can play, and, and that's going to be the key thing here, mm-hmm. but it does look... Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Like he was supposed to go higher. He slipped to them. They didn't take Jeffrey Simmons, who if they had taken Jeffrey Simmons, you know, everybody would said, okay, they just punted on the season. And look, I know CK was somewhat in favor of that. Greedy Williams, who our Uptown report, uh, Alfred Artiega had going to them, still hasn't gone, right? Like he yeah, didn't, he, he slipped completely out of the pick. first round. Uh, he, you know, corners, I, I thought it was a weird draft in the sense that the guys at the premium positions, other than quarterback, did not go high. Uh, corners all slipped. The defensive ends, there wasn't quite the run on defensive ends early, which you would have anticipated. The tackle position uh, was not, which is another premium position. I'm talking about offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Was not. Doesn't uh, go until not 22 a, or 23. The guy out of Florida, I think, is still on the board, isn't he? Uh, Juwan Taylor is still on the board. Yeah, yeah. Juwan Taylor is uh, still on the yeah, board. Yeah. So, so the premium position guys did not go. Um, and then, you know, obviously there were other things in the rest of the draft. Uh, this reference probably goes over your head, but I, I, have, I have a very close friend who's a big Giants fan, as is, or his kids. He lives in New York. And I texted him. I said, how you feeling? Because I know Will Manso, who's a big Giants fan, was I, I think he's he's dead in Nashville somewhere <laughs> in an alley. Uh, but but uh, but I asked him, how do you feel about Dale Jones? And he goes, I think it's great that my kids get to relive the Dave Brown era. Yeah. Uh, and and you, it, you, you won't be surprised at the person who made this reference. But uh, the guy who reminded us of this on on the draft coverage last night was Captain Curtis from 790 The mm-hmm. Ticket. I was with him at Hard Rock Stadium. He goes, hey, welcome to the Dave Jones era. And, and a quick Google search. Oh, OK, that makes sense. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It, right. That, it, it's it's not great for the Giants, but we talked about this on so many pods. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks always get overdrafted. Like I, I think yeah. we had a conversation about which, which was there my be hope. I, I, th- I thought there'd be more. Well, I mean, but but where they went though? Go, let's go back two months, right? Be, before Kyler Murray makes the decision, nobody was pro- you know they was wasn't going to play baseball. Nobody was projecting him as number one overall pick, right? It was. I mean, uh, we we thought he was like CK's little secret. Like then he wasn't. <laughs> uh, and then Daniel Jones, as you mentioned, nobody was projecting him during the season as a top 10 pick. I mean, it's to me, it's Christian Ponder all over again. It's EJ Manuel Blaine all Gabbert. over again. It's, Blaine Gabbert. it's these guys who get jumped. And then, you know, Haskins slipped a little, but I mean, he still went top half of the first round. It's not, it's not like he slipped a ton. You know, the other guys, I mean, Locke is still out there. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I think Easton Stick is a guy who's projected like fourth round. He's still out there. I mean, there, there are still quarterbacks out there. But I mean, again, you're always going to end up with three in the top 15. We'll get back to today's episode in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the 5 Reasons Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855-5000-LAW-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention 5 Reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for $44.99 with a new 15,000 square foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. OneCallLegal.com or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg, a proud sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Let's pivot to this here before we close. Mm-hmm. So there are reports uh, this morning, I think uh, Ian Rappaport had it, that the Dolphins are still engaged in conversations about Josh Rosen. And Chris Greer was asked about it yesterday, and he demurred. He did not address it, um, kind of moved on to the next question. Uh, you take a look. There's two things I think that are really interesting from a quarterback perspective as they affect the Dolphins. Uh, one of which was something that our Adam Smoot from Ball's Cast and Simon Clancy from Three Yards Per Carry both noted. I cannot believe the two of them agree on something, <laughs> but the but that neither could Smoot. But they but but basically what's happened is a lot of teams have just taken themselves out of the the quarterback running for the next couple of years because they're now committed to other guys, and we saw that with Washington, uh, which may not never get Alex Smith back. And so they're obviously have moved on and they drafted Haskins. We see that with the Giants who waited, in my view, two years too late to replace Eli. And so they ended up with an ordinary guy in Daniel Jones, the next Tannehill, as they said on the NFL Network broadcast last night. He's either Tannehill or Matt Ryan. You know, it's funny with the Dolphins. They get dragged into everything, right? Because Tannehill <laughs> and Matt Ryan are like the polar opposites. Like we didn't take Matt Ryan number one overall, but we took took Brian Tannehill in the top ten. And you know, these are the extremes of what uh, of what Daniel Jones could be. But those two guys uh, both said, you know, basically that that the Dolphins, in terms of getting Tua or getting Herbert or getting From or getting any of these other quarterbacks, there's going to be less competition for those quarterbacks over the next year and a half, uh, two years, because these other teams are now committed to young quarterbacks. Buffalo's committed to Josh Allen. The Jets are committed to Darnold. Uh, all of these teams are committed to guys that they've taken, unless they have regime changes like Arizona had, where they give up on a guy after one year. So. In that context, does it change your view of going after Josh Rosen? And particularly because it seems like with all these teams taking themselves out of the running for quarterbacks, that there aren't that many teams engaged in conversations for Josh Rosen. Like who else is trying to trade for Josh Rosen right now? It doesn't seem like anybody but the Dolphins 
So led, we've talked about it being a third round pick. The Cardinals are putting it out through Adam Schefter that they're comfortable bringing Josh Rosen to camp. That's ridiculous. They yeah. can't, they, they had a tweet. Okay. There's a tweet that's circulating. I sent this to old takes exposed, you know, where Cliff Kingsbury says, Josh Rosen is our guy. Like, how do you walk that back? Okay. I mean, like he has to be traded. So let's say it's a, it's a 2020 third round pick. Let's say it's a 2019 fourth round pick, or let's say that it's a third round pick this year, but you get higher up in the fourth round. You swap fourth round picks with Arizona and get move higher up. Do you, do you now take a flyer? Now that you have leverage, because I think the Dolphins have leverage on the Cardinals, mm-hmm. on Josh Rosen. Um, <laughs> I'm still a no. I, I'm, I'm still a no. I, understanding that price point uh, could be desirable. Um, I think I came, and, and we did the CK pot, and I wish I brought it up then, but I mean, we, we're, it was just flying in a million directions. We had to keep it under an hour, so uh, so I, I didn't get a chance to make this point. But uh, I, I agree with you, by the way. I'm, I'm just looking at the top of the draft. I mean, Arizona just drafted his replacement. San Francisco has Garoppolo. The Jets have Darnold. Uh, I mean, maybe the Oakland Raiders could be in this conversation. I don't know where they're standing right now on Derek Carr, uh, but they didn't take a quarterback at four or with any of their other two first-round picks. A bit of a surprise there. Um, Tampa, I mean, Tampa could be in the conversation a year from now to be drafting a quarterback if the Jameis Winston thing, you know, crashes and burns. Um, The Giants just drafted. uh, Jaguars just made a big commitment to Foles, uh, Lions, and Stafford. Uh, The Bills just just drafted Josh Allen a year ago. Uh, Denver, who was drafting a 10, traded for Joe Flacco and Seam based off of not only trading down but then trade uh, drafting a tight end uh, to help out Joe Flacco to be at least building around him for a couple of years so in terms of the teams that were bad last year there just aren't a lot of options there um, and so at the same time I, I just came to the realization yesterday that Josh Rosen even after a year can, can we definitively say after a year that we don't think that Josh Rosen is going to be franchise changing. I'm not ruling out that he could be good, but that Josh Rosen, that that franchise changing quarterbacks avail themselves of their talent almost no matter the situation. If you said no. in a vacuum, I, if, I no, hold, hold on, hold on. if you said in a vacuum, okay. a quarterback was stepping into a team that was one and 34 in its previous 35 games and had offensive line issues and couldn't score points in the first few weeks of the year and has and has one of the worst head coaches that we've had in the last 20 years of the NFL and steps in and wins seven games anyway, that being Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield overcame the baggage of the Cleveland Browns to be really good and win seven games and now has clearly proven himself to be a franchise-changing quarterback. That availed itself in year one or or not even in year one but in his preliminary action with a with a team right so Aaron Rodgers it took him three it took him three years but eventually when he stepped on the field you realize oh this is franchise changing and so Josh Rosen over the course of whatever the 13 games that he played couldn't overcome that situation it was a disaster situation his coaching was appalling and 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 we can make all the excuses and I would agree with that but at a certain point quarterbacks that are franchise changing are going to at least look the part at some stage. And I don't think Josh Rosen ever did. And I think that if you trade for him and he has a decent year, you're talking you're talking yourself into improvement down the line. And I just don't think that improvement has a high enough ceiling for me to want to make that commitment to Josh Rosen or even make a commitment to a one-year experiment. And if it goes poorly, then you draft low and you go and get the guy. I think the Dolphins need to be in the game of taking big swings at quarterback, making decisions that you think could potentially change your franchise, and that's why I like their decision to not take Haskins yesterday, and that's why 
I'm not in favor of them trading for Josh Rosen. Maybe drafting a guy that has lower has a lower ceiling, but is more backup potential uh, in this draft. But I just I, I I want the Dolphins to take big swings at quarterback. No more Tannehills. No more trading for Ur. Signing Chad Pennington, although that had a great, you know, one-year outcome. You know, drafting Chad Henney, who seemed like he could be decent. Big swings, franchise-changing swings at quarterback. And I think I can say, after one year, that I'm out on Josh Rosen potentially being that. Well, I, I think you're just scarred by the Tannehill experience. And I think you're afraid that—I I think the biggest fear that you have is the same fear that CK has, which is that he's okay enough that the Dolphins talk themselves into him. And I, I understand where that comes from, because— they did that for seven years and made excuses for Tannehill over and over and over. I, I get that. I, I understand that. Um, but I'm also, and I don't know that he, look, I didn't watch enough Arizona Cardinals football last year to know. Okay. CK looked at them. He says the numbers were horrible for Rose. And he says a lot of it was his fault. It wasn't just the personnel around him. All right. So I, I'm going to trust CK on that. I didn't watch enough. Of, I watched a lot of Josh Rosen in college. Um, but, and, and he was up and down, like he was not what they projected. Um, I, you know, I thought initially he was better than Darnold and then it was clear he wasn't. And so I, I understand that about the player, but I'm also not going to say that after one year, you know, um, I covered a Super Bowl that, you know, Rich Gannon was in. Okay. Yeah. And Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon was a long time backup in and out in Minnesota. And then he was league MVP. Um, I covered two Super Bowls that Kurt Warner was in. And Kurt Warner was bagging groceries in, you know, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And then he was the best player in the league uh, for a, through a three-year period. I don't know necessarily that you can make an assessment. I mean, I saw Brad Johnson, who was considered to be a career backup. You, 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 not you, you, covered, you covered a Super Bowl that had Drew Brees in it. We didn't know he was I, this I, until year six. Right. Now, Breeze was good. I mean, he was better than those guys, but he wasn't right. And well, people thought he was done after the shoulder like he was, you know, and and they drafted Philip Rivers to replace him like that. That was not. No, but I mean, the the entire time he was in San Diego, you never thought this is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. No. And now he's a top, in my view, a top 10 quarterback of all time. Uh, So I, I, I don't I mean, yes. Are there some guys like Marino, like. Uh, yeah, I witnessed Burrito's rookie season and I was talking myself into Ken O'Brien, okay? Because I was living in New York. And, and then you're like, holy shit, okay? <laughs> Nobody has ever thrown a football like that before. What is that, okay? And, you know, and, and Dolphin fans were used to David Woodley, you know, may rest in peace. Like, <laughs> and they're watching this and you've got this cocky guy who'll throw to any spot and, and you know, he's making stars out of guys like Duper and Clayton who were drafted in like the 36th round, okay? Like that, yeah, there are some guys who show immediately. Um, like you said, Aaron Rodgers took time. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers would have looked like his first year. Let's say that, let's say that Favre's not there. Let's say that Rodgers plays his first season. Rodgers slipped in the draft. There were a lot of people who said, don't take a Jeff Tedford quarterback, right? There, there were so many poor experiences with that. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he doesn't sit the three years, is Steve Young, Steve Young, Steve Young went to, uh, you know, was playing for what was it? The Los, Los Angeles Express or uh, in the USFL, okay, yep. the, the league that Trump ruined. And he was a disaster <laughs> there. He was a disaster in Tampa Bay. Sometimes go on YouTube and watch Steve Young in Tampa Bay. Steve Young is a top 15 quarterback of all time. Okay. He made his own name in San Francisco. He's arguably the most efficient quarterback of his entire era. If you look at the passer rating and everything else, I'm not saying Josh Rosen's going to be Steve Young or even Rich Gannon or even Brad Johnson. Okay. I, I don't know. But I think to say that you know after one year playing in that situation, I think is extreme. That's why I don't have a problem with the Dolphins flipping 
a draft pick. Now, I will say this. I'm a little more out on the trading of a 2019 third. And the reason for that is because they didn't trade down if out of the first round. So they haven't accumulated more picks. Like if it, let's say they traded out of 13 to 23. Maybe they don't get Wilkins, but they take Jeffrey Simmons. They, they take one of those guys. They take Jawan Taylor. They take Jeffrey Simmons. They take, you know, Greedy Williams at 23, but they've accumulated a future third and a second or something, or a, th- or a third and a, se- and a third, you know, sort of something similar to what Denver did with Pittsburgh. If that's the case, I, I was a little more in on dumping a third round pick because you have other currency. So what's the difference? Trade the pick, take a flyer on the quarterback. They didn't do that. They took a player. I don't have a problem with it. As I said, I liked it, but you don't have the extra picks now. And so now to me, I think you're in a leveraged position. I don't think there's any harm in trading. If you can trade a 2023rd, I think you do it because even though, again, it may be a high third round pick because you're going to be bad. But everything next year is about getting the quarterback, right? So you lose that currency, but you can trade a 2021 if you need to package and move up. Let's say you're the third overall pick and you need to move up to first. So I'm a little more out on trading this year's third. But, Chris, I'd still do it. I'd still do it. To me, I I think it's worth the flyer. I think if he becomes a high-level backup, you can flip him again for a third. What was the worst situation with New England? They had Garoppolo. They got a second for him. People didn't think it was enough. But they got a second for him, okay, playing behind Brady and barely playing. I mean, he played, what, three games, two games before he got mm-hmm. hurt? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just – I, I just always think you come out with a quarterback. Now, I could be talked into one of the guys that, that CK likes. I mean, let's say Drew Locke slips further, right? Like, yeah, if, if, you, if you take him in the second round, I have no problem with that. Right. What I mean, what if I mean, what if you really like, you know, Easton Stick in the fourth round? And as you said, he's more of a project player. I mean, look, Washington, you know, uh, you know, took Kirk Cousins late in the draft, the same year that they took Robert Griffin III. Who knew that first year that Cousins was going to be the guy getting a billion-dollar contract with Minnesota ultimately? Like, you don't know. So I, I just I think they have to come out of this draft with a quarterback. I, I think that's imperative. It could be fourth round, fifth round, whatever. Come out with somebody that you can develop who will be a better long-term option for you than David Fales or any of these guys. Um, I, I To me, that's better than going and getting a guard. Go get your guard in free agency. I'm tired, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's sort of the way that I. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, we've had a lot of inquiries about how you can contribute to the Five Reasons Sports Network other than just giving us money, which we'll certainly take, or being a podcaster, and I have too many bad ones already. So here's <laughs> an idea if you want to get involved with us, and it goes beyond our new website, fivereasonsports.com. We are looking for sales representatives. Why? Because we have a lot to sell. We sell ads on our podcasts. We sell ads on social media. We also are selling sponsorships and banner ads on our website. So we got a ton of inventory to sell. We are credentialed with all five teams down here. We're fully established and we just want somebody who can go out into the community and sell that product, sell Miami sports by Miami for Miami to the South Florida community. So if you want to get involved, here's two ways that you can contact us. One is by going to Skolnick at five reasons And the other way is going to Jorge J O R G E at five reasons reach out one of those two ways and we will get back in touch with you and tell you how you can help and how you can make money no that, and that's an entirely fair point in terms of the counterfactuals of players that have developed right that that, that have 
taking a second. It takes a second sometimes for these quarterbacks. I mean, you think about you know Ben Roethlisberger winning the championship uh, almost uh, in spite of his own poor performances, or Russell Wilson uh, getting far, you know, really on the back of a defense, right on the back of his own performance. But um, there, there are certainly you know quarterbacks that have developed. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of out of this mode of you know. Even even an Eli Manning type, an Eli Manning type who won the Super Bowls. Um, I just don't want that player. I don't want Tannehill. I, I just I want the surefire, guaranteed franchise quarterback. And look, you can draft that guy next year, number one overall, whether it's Tua or Herbert or Fromm or whomever, and they won't be that because it's the NFL and that's cool. That's drafting number one overall. It's just impossible to nail every time. But I want that. I want someone to tell me that's the ceiling on the player, and maybe that that ceiling is still there for Josh Rosen. Um, I'm just not all the way there uh, in terms of wanting. And and the other thing too is that if the Dolphins are indeed embarking on a rebuilding strategy, you do have to preserve your picks, and you do have to preserve them uh, in a particularly your first three picks. And like you said, I mean, there's potential that. If the Dolphins trade their third-round pick for Josh Rosen, that's pick number 65 in the draft. I mean, that's that that's still in a position where you'd get a good player. Um, and so that that's that's my concern too: is giving up any draft capital for a team that isn't winning, uh, for a team that has no plans on winning, uh, is a concern to me. And I think you see that uh, in basketball all the time, where you know I, I think you know, like the Sacramento Kings gave up a first-round pick uh, so that they can cl- clear out their salary, you know, g- uh, get rid of bad salary. They gave up a first-round pick. Uh, uh, which I think they're only conveying this year, and it's way better than anyone thought because they actually won games. But still, it was a massive risk at the time uh, to to for a losing team to get. You don't give up draft capital when you're in the middle uh, of of not winning and kind of knowing that you're not going to win. But um, I I get the risk from an abstract point of view. I just we've been scarred by. I mean, I remember summers and getting into fights with people over Chad Henney. And over, and obviously over Tannehill, and and again and again and again and again with these guys that just aren't good enough. And well, so, Fiedler. I, right, right. I mean, right. I mean, Fiedler too, and, right? and even trading for AJ Feely when it happened. Right. There was the argument of is that good enough? I mean, the the argument is always is that good enough? And I'm just waiting for the Dolphins to draft someone or go for someone that there is no doubt when it happens that you are taking a potentially franchise-changing guy. But what I said, and I think we close here, what I said to Dolphin fans last night on Twitter is all of you who are saying we're all in for Tua and don't get too good and don't take a quarterback and let's make sure we suck, you better not complain after the 13 losses next year. I don't want to hear it. No, like, I, if, 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 you're, if you're all for the tank, if you're all for the tank, you got to be all for the tank, okay? Mm-hmm. You cannot then complain about this decision or that decision or this player or that player. I mean, yes, obviously you can expect better from certain guys and there are certain guys on this team, even as as threadbare as the roster may be that you have expectations for. You have expectations for Xavier Howard. You have expectations for Laramie Tunsil. You have expectations for a handful of other guys, but you can't have it both ways. And I feel like dolphin fans and I feel like Heat fans to a certain degree do too. Like there's heat fans that are, you know, for the tank, but then they're complaining about what Whiteside is contributing or waiters is contributing. Look, it's one or the other. Okay. It's one mm-hmm. or the other. Like you, and, and so I don't want to hear it next year. Like, you know, and, and uh, we've talked about this. There's a difference between casuals and, and, and hardcore fans and especially the casual fans, especially in football and the casuals are going to bitch. Why is this team suck so much? Is it Brian Flores's fault? Okay. Did they get the wrong coach again? Like, no, like if that's what this is about, if this is about making sure you're bad, then that cannot be perceived as bad when it happens along the way. Okay. It, it, it's, it's all part of it. Um, but 
I think this is the appropriate place to close with the Dolphins luck. We know what's happening to has gone back to school. And so, you know, it's, we're going to, we're going to come out of this next year and he's going to decide to go back to school. And let, what, what if, what if the Dolphins look so pathetic this year that that influences to his decision? What if they're such a bad number one overall pick team that it's a little easier for Tua to say to his parents who want him to stay in school? Yeah, I'll give this another year. I don't really want to be in Miami. These are all possibilities that have to be considered. I, I That's why I've said so many times, I understand what the Dolphins are trying to do, but I think you can't operate scared of success. If you have accidental success, then let's look for the benefits of that because it means that you've got maybe some better players than you expected. And maybe there's more that you can build around. Like let's, I, you know, everybody's saying I'm too negative on the account. Let's look for some positives next year. If we're going to do this, mm-hmm. you know, especially those, who are, you know, pro tank, because if you're pro tank, I just, I, I don't know how then you could come out of a game and, you know, be calling our buddy Zach Duarte. Okay. And, <laughs> and, 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 and letting Zach scream about how pathetic everybody is like last year. That was okay. Adam Gase had set a different expectation level for this team. He'd had three years. His offense was historically bad. Good luck jets. Uh, okay. Good luck. Le'Veon Bell. Like that's understandable. Like that you'd have the fans and Zach Duarte pissed off, but, at this point, you know, Zach's got to have a smiling face. The fans got to have a smiling face if they lose, because this is what a lot of you wanted. It is. And it, it's what you wanted. And it's what you're afraid of losing the losing. That's what you're afraid of losing. So anyway, that we'll, we'll get to more of this. Uh, we'll probably do a recap episode. I would guess, right. Um, maybe Sunday night into Monday or Monday morning uh, when the whole draft is over so we can evaluate it. But uh, hopefully this gets you through the day. I will be, at Dolphins camp again today uh, or tonight for the second and third round. So um, probably post some stuff on five reasonsports.com. Make sure you check us out. It is free. Thank you for listening to the fire in the pocket. Thank you so much. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.